We're now in the fifth Sunday of Easter, and every Sunday so far, a different witness has come to the stand to testify. Christ is alive. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. The first Sunday we heard from those eyewitnesses, especially Mary Magdalene, the very first eyewitness who saw him and spoke to him on the morning of the resurrection. The second Sunday we heard the witness of the community. You remember Thomas wasn't there with the rest on that first Sunday when Jesus appeared to them and so he came back and they told him, he's alive, he's appeared to us. And of course he didn't believe their testimony until Christ himself came and appeared to him. In the third Sunday, we heard the witness of Scripture as the disciples were leaving Jerusalem discouraged after the crucifixion on the day of resurrection. Jesus came alongside them on their way to Emmaus and he opened the Scriptures to them. He explained to them how in the Scriptures it was written that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Through the witness of the Scriptures, he opened their minds, he prepared them to recognize him in the breaking of the bread. All these witnesses, in their turn, have testified. Christ is alive. He's risen from the dead. Today, a fifth witness comes to the stand. The witness of Christ's miracles. In today's gospel, Jesus tells his disciples, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe because of the works themselves. Jesus is telling the apostles, if you have any doubts about who I am, remember all you've seen. Consider all the miracles you've witnessed. When they saw him heal the sick and walk on water and still the storm, they were with him when he fed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fish and when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But the greatest miracle, the most powerful sign of all, was his resurrection. He had prophesied to them that he would die and on the third day rise again, and he did. He rose, and his resurrection was a proof of all that he had said. If he had remained in the tomb, he would have been just another false prophet, just another failed radical. But he rose as he said he would. And that was, in a way, the Father himself testifying to the truth of everything Jesus taught about himself. Well, just as the miracle of his resurrection confirmed his preaching, so the miracles wrought by the disciples confirmed their preaching about his resurrection. So after Jesus ascended into heaven, Mark says, But the disciples went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word through accompanying signs. He confirmed their word. He confirmed their preaching through the miracles that he worked through them. And we see this all through the Acts of the Apostles. The Apostles go out to the ends of the world and they preach, Christ is alive. He's risen from the dead. And why does anyone listen? Well, in part because of the miracles that they wrought. That's part of how they gained a hearing and how these poor fishermen had credibility, how their words gained weight before the people. Because they worked miracles. So I want to ask you a question today. Do you believe in miracles?
if we could take a poll, I'm sure we would end up with a variety of responses. Some of you would say, yes, I've seen them with my own eyes. I do believe in miracles. Others might say, not really, no. Or maybe way back then, but now we have modern science and medicine. We don't really need miracles anymore. Maybe the most common response would be, I believe in small miracles, kind of. Well, in large part, that's because we've been strongly influenced by Enlightenment thinkers like Immanuel Kant and David Hume, who all shared a disdain for miracles. Their thought is woven into the very foundations of this country. You remember how Thomas Jefferson literally cut the miracles out of his version of the Gospels. Well, the position of many of these thinkers weren't that, wasn't that miracles were impossible for God, but rather somehow beneath his dignity. And God was the great architect, the great designer who established these harmonious and elegant laws, and he would never contravene his own law. And that's what a miracle is, isn't it? It's a temporary interruption of a law of nature. Well, the Enlightenment philosophers found this ridiculous. It would be like a playwright constantly interrupting his own show. I'm not suggesting that we have simply adopted this perspective, but in some way or other, I'm sure that it's influenced many of us. It's the air that we breathe. And that's why, if we're honest, most of us would say, I believe in small miracles, in inobtrusive miracles. For example, we tend to think that God is much more capable of influencing our souls than our bodies, our minds than our bodies. So we're more disposed to pray for light or guidance or an emotional healing than a broken arm. But let's think this through. Doesn't any emotional change, let's say that you pray and you ask God for peace and he gives you peace. Doesn't that imply some corresponding change in your body? Aren't some chemicals released? Don't some neurons fire in your brain? Well, on what logical grounds do we insist that God is more capable of meddling in your neurological or endocrine systems than your bones? Right? On what logical grounds do we make that distinction? Or let's expand this. If God is capable of small miracles, why not big? If he's capable of anything, he's capable of everything. Right? Are there some miracles that are too complex or too difficult for him? He's the God that spoke the universe into existence effortlessly. He said, let there be light. And there was light. If small miracles happen, then big miracles are possible. And here's another conclusion. If miracles happen, then Christ is risen from the dead. I know that that's not the only possible or the only logical explanation for miracles, but for us, it's the only real possibility. Why? Because Christianity is the only viable worldview that accepts miracles. You know, in other countries or in other times, some considered the pagan gods to be a viable option. But 
I don't think almost any of us is even open to believing in river nymphs or genies or, or local deities. It doesn't show up on the radar for us. It's not a possible worldview. So the only real intellectual possibilities for us are atheism, deism, or Christianity. Atheism and deism both exclude miracles. Atheism because God doesn't exist, therefore miracles don't exist. The deism of the Enlightenment thinkers says that miracles don't exist because God doesn't care. Christianity says that miracles exist because God exists and he cares. So if miracles exist, Christianity is true and Christ is truly risen from the dead. And that changes everything. It means that God is not indifferent. He's not watching from a distance. He gets involved in our lives and he answers prayers. So this week I want to invite you to pray for a miracle. You know, we could use a miracle, couldn't we? Isn't there some area of your life where you feel like you just don't have control, where something, your own strength has come to its limit? Isn't there some area in your life where you need God to show up to do something that you can't do, nor can anyone do for you, but God alone? And our world could use some miracles, couldn't it? I mean, it's so hard for people to believe Christianity. We live in, in a world where the, the, the very idea that the Son of God became man 2,000 years ago in a small town in the Middle East, that that same man laid down his life on the cross for the salvation of all of us, that three days later he rose from the dead, it all seems so entirely unbelievable like a fairy tale for so many people today. Well, wouldn't a miracle help? Wouldn't it help for some of them to see an answered prayer? Wouldn't that help awaken them? I'm not going to say it, it would seal the deal for anyone. I mean, Jesus worked plenty of miracles and plenty of people witnessed it, and many of them didn't believe in him. It's not enough, but it's something. It could break through this sort of shell of disbelief. It could awaken someone to ask the right questions. So let's pray for a miracle. If Christ is risen from the dead, anything is possible.